I'm Pastor Richard Gamble, and the following message is made available by First Baptist Church of Bastrop, Louisiana. To find out more about First Baptist Bastrop, go to www.firstbastrop.org. That's www.firstbastrop.org. You that are members of the church have not found it perfect, and I hope that you feel almost glad that you have not. If I had never joined a church till I had found one that was perfect, I should never have joined one at all. And the moment I did join it, if I had found one, I should have spoiled it, for it would not have been a perfect church after I had become a member of it. Still, imperfect as it is, it is the dearest place on earth to us. The church is an imperfect place, but it is the most dearest place to be as a child of God because it's here that we come together to love one another, to bear one another's burdens, to encourage one another, and help one another grow up in Christ. I uh, love that quote from Charles Spurgeon, and uh, he loved the church, and every Christian ought to love the church as imperfect as she is, we should always love Christ's church. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to Acts chapter 2. We were just there. We read most of the chapter a while ago, starting the service. We're going to finish it out in just a minute. Acts chapter 2, we're looking at verses 42, uh, mostly through 45 today. Just a few of the verses there. If you don't have a Bible of your own, you can grab one of the Pew Bibles there, and it's page 857 in the Pew Bible. Page 857 in the Pew Bible. So Acts 2:42, 857 in the Pew Bible. Now, as most everyone probably here knows, uh, one of my biggest hobbies is working out and uh, lifting weights. That's a big thing for me. Uh, I always tell people, well, it's cheaper than therapy, right? Uh, it's where I go to, to just kind of work out frustrations and to relax and think about something else. So uh, it's always, or it's been last 30 years of my life, it's been a big part of my life, and I uh, just enjoy that time. Uh, but part of working out and being focused on health and fitness is learning how to build muscle, Right? To build that muscle up and something that I've learned in these 30 some odd years of, of lifting weights if you want to build muscle well you have to keep the whole body healthy right? you can't expect to go lift weights and build muscles if you don't eat healthy foods and take in healthy things you can't build good healthy muscles if you participate in stuff like smoking and that sort of thing right bad habits that don't lead to good muscles uh, you got to get good sleep so all of these keeping the body healthy is essential into building the body up building up muscle well you know what the same thing is true of the church the church is the body of christ and if we want to build up the body of christ then the body of christ has to be a healthy body a healthy functioning body 
In our current series, our current sermon series, we're considering the devotions of a growing church because we recognize as a church that we are not a growing church. I shared the statistics with you last week. We're not a growing church. In fact, we're on the other side of that. We're a declining church. We're a dying church. And we need to change things. We need to turn things around. We need to uh, cease that dying mess and, and begin to grow if we're going to do that, then we've got to function, we've got to focus on some devotions that will get our body healthy, our church healthy, so that the church can grow. And so we're going back to the first century, the first church. As we read there, this, uh, read here this morning on the day of Pentecost, the church was about 120 people gathered together in prayer. And the Lord did a wonderful thing. He sent the Holy Spirit down upon them. They were filled with the Spirit. They went out and they proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in a one day, the Lord added about 3,000 to their number. And so this church knew church growth, right? They, they had exceeded, I mean, great church growth right there in one day. And as our text today here tells us, they, they continued to grow. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And so as we see in our text here, we see, and we've identified these already, we identified these a few weeks ago, but we identified five devotions of this first century church. These are five devotions of a healthy church or five devotions of a growing church. And so we've kind of briefly went over them and now we're going back and going through each one one by one and so last sunday we considered the devotion uh the we learned why devotion to studying god's word is so important to the health of the church and now today we turn to the fellowship devotion to the fellowship as we consider the fellowship we will see that a growing church is devoted to the health and welfare of the church fellowship. Let me say that again. A growing church is devoted to the health and welfare of the church fellowship. If we want to grow, First Bastrop, then each one of us must devote ourselves to the health and welfare of of the church fellowship and so today i want us to see that and we're going to see here two parts of the fellowship to which we must be devoted and so let's read our text then and if you found your place there in acts chapter 2 please stand with me as we're just reading a paragraph here today stand with me as we read god's holy word Hear the word of the Lord. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who, all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the, the proceeds to all as any had need and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes they received their food with 
glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And Lord, we do pray that you would write its eternal truth upon our hearts today, Lord. Lord, give us a heart of devotion to the church fellowship that each one of us might build up this body and make this whole body healthy, functioning, so that you may be delighted to add the growth. Now these things we pray in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, as we get into our text today, we notice here, and, and our focus here, this is, covers all the five devotions, but our focus here is on the fellowship. And it is the fellowship. And they devoted themselves to the fellowship. It is the fellowship, right? Uh, unfortunately, there's many English translations that leave out the uh, I, as I got to looking at this this week, uh, only the ESV and the Christian Standard Bible are the only two that add the definite article, uh, at least of the translations that I looked at. The NIV, the King James, the New American Standard, they all leave out the definite article. And, and I think the definite article is important here. It is the fellowship, right? It's not fellowship in general, but there's a specific fellowship that Luke is focusing on. It, they're devoted to the fellowship. He, he's not saying that they're just in general fellowshipping together, right? He's not talking about getting together for casual conversation and refreshments. That's not what he's talking about with the fellowship. It's the fellowship. It's the, the fellowship, the, the bond of b the believers. The word here, the fellowship, is the word koinonia. And that word koinonia for fellowship, it, it basically has this meaning of participation in something, sharing in something, or, or having something in common, a common bond. And that's the focus here. It's the fellowship. It's the fellowship, the Christian fellowship of believers Here's where we see the foundation of our Christian fellowship in the church. Our common bond, you see, it must be our first devotion. If we are going to become a growing church, a healthy and growing church, we must first be devoted to our common fellowship, our common participation with Christ. We've got to be focused on our common fellowship with Christ. And it's in Christ that we have that common bond together. The church is the fellowship, the koinonia of Christ. It is the fellowship of Christ. Paul tells us this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. Here Paul says, God is faithful by whom you were called, Christian, into the fellowship, into the koinonia of His Son, 
Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, Christians are called by God into the fellowship. The fellowship of Jesus Christ. We have a common bond in Jesus. God did not call us into isolation. He did not call us to be individuals separated from the group. No, that's where sin leads us, right? Sin separates. Sin divides. Sin separated us from God. Sin caused conflict to separate us from one another. Adam and Eve were in unity until sin came into the world. And and then there was strife between them. Cain and Abel were unified, but sin came in and strife ensued, right? Sin separates, but Christ unifies. Christ brings us together. We're not called to be in isolation, but God calls us into the fellowship of Christ. The church shares a common bond, a common fellowship in Jesus Christ. The church fellowship, then we see, participates in Christ's suffering. The church fellowship is a participation in the suffering of Jesus Christ. If we go on through 1 Corinthians, Paul brings us to a discussion of the Lord's Supper. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16, he says, The cup of blessing that we, the church, the church of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation? Is it not a koinonia in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation? Is it not a koinonia in the body of Christ? You see, as believers in Jesus Christ, we share a common bond There's a mutual participation in Christ's sacrifice on our behalf. By God's grace, through faith in Jesus, we participate in the suffering of Jesus Christ. The suffering that He took upon Himself on our behalf. Christ allowed His body to be broken. He allowed His blood to be poured out on our behalf so that by God's grace through faith we can come to Jesus and our sins are forgiven our sins are covered up we were once at enmity with God but now because of Jesus because we participate in his sacrifice for us we are now reconciled to God We share that common bond, that common participation in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The church then is unified in our fellowship with Christ. Because we we share that participation, because we are called into the, the fellowship of Christ, because we share in the participation of Christ's suffering, then we find ourselves unified in Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. Paul tells us this as he refers to the church as the body of Christ. 
For just as the body, right, the human body, just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Paul using this analogy of the body to show us, to demonstrate what the church is to be like. I hear on my hand, I have two hands and ten fingers. And, and these, these hands are connected by arms and, and, and they go up to the body. I have legs that have feet on them. But you know what? The feet aren't much good without the leg. And the leg's not much good without the feet. And the same with the arms and the hands and the fingers, right? One body part is not much on its own. In fact, you cut this hand off, it's going to die. It can't function because there's a heart that, that pumps blood to it and keeps it alive. But, but you cut a member off, it's dead. And so it is with the church. You know, there's a lot of people that don't like the church. Well, I can do life just fine without the church. But the reality is, if you're not in church, then you're dying. You're dying. We need the church. God saved us to be in fellowship. In the fellowship. He called us to be a part of the body. And we don't function well outside of the body. We're not called to be individuals. Like, this is a hard thing for we Americans to understand. Because we're so focused on individualism. But God doesn't call us to be individuals. He calls us to be a part of a community. He calls us to function, to live, to work, and to play as one body in Jesus Christ. Dear friend, you're not called to do life alone. You're not called to be an individual. You're called to be a part of a group, the fellowship. You're called to be a part of the church fellowship. In Christ, we are united in the fellowship. Therefore, your first devotion must be your fellowship with Jesus Christ. That's where we start, right? Your first devotion must be to your fellowship, your participation, your bond in Christ. Are you participating in Jesus Christ? Do you have a relationship with Him? Have you received Him as Lord and Savior of your life? Are you participating in His suffering by God's grace through faith? Are you participating in His suffering? Are you a child of God? If not, today, repent of your sin, turn to Jesus, and receive His saving grace. Unify with Christ. Be one with Christ. And Christ will unify you with the church. Trust in Jesus.
if yes, if you, you are participating in Christ, if you've trusted in Jesus and you are a follower of Jesus Christ, then, then strengthen your bond with Christ by strengthening your relationship with the church. The stronger your relationship is with Christ, the stronger your relationship will be with the church. Let me say that again. The stronger your relationship is with Jesus, the stronger your relationship will be and grow to be even more with the church. Someone once said, very similar, the stronger your vertical relationship is, the stronger your horizontal relationship will be. In other words, the more you draw close to Christ, the more you will be drawn to His church. The opposite is also true. The more you drift away from Christ, the more you will drift away from His church. I've also seen it work this way. The further you drift away from His church, the further you drift away from Christ. Therefore, dear friend, devote yourself to our common fellowship, our common koinonia with Christ. Second, if we are to become a growing church, we must be devoted to our common fellowship with one another. We must be devoted to our common fellowship with one another, our koinonia. The fellowship of the church. In the church, there must be a common concern for one another. We must have a common concern for one another. Look there again in Acts chapter 2, verses 44 and 45. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. Now that word in common is the adjective uh, koinos, right? So, so we talked about the, the noun koinonia, the fellowship. Here's a related word. It's, it's konos. They had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing, uh, distributing the proceeds to all as any had need, or just as any had need. They were, they were selling possessions and they were giving them away to people as needs arose within the church. The church was together, right? They were together. They were unified together. They were, they were getting together almost daily. I mean, this early church, they were getting together daily on a daily basis. They were coming together. I mean, a lot of people cl complain about coming to the church once or twice a week. I, I remember back in the day where you came to church at least three times a week. I mean, if you were an active member uh, of a church, that meant you came three times a week. That was considered active. Now, you're considered an active member if you come once a month. How ridiculous is that? But they were getting together almost on a daily basis. And it wasn't because it was a requirement. They were wanting to come together. 
They were enjoying their fellowship. They were enjoying being together, working together, learning together. They came together. And, and they were sharing their possessions. But understand, this, this sharing of their possessions, it was not out of compulsion, right? No one was making them, no one was saying, the, right? Peter was not saying, all right, how much land you got? All right, you got 50 acres? Well, you only need an acre to live on, so you need to go sell the 49 and, and give the money to the church. No, that's not what was happening. They were willingly, right? They were, they were looking at, at all that they had, and, and some of them were saying, wait, 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 wait. Man, I, I've got all of this over here, and, you know, really, I'm, I'm not using it much. And there's a brother and a sister over here, and, man, they're struggling hard. They're just not making it. I got all this excess, and, and they have a need, so why don't I get rid of the excess and provide for their need? They were delighting in this. They were wanting to do this. They were delighting in taking care of one another. They loved being together, and they loved sharing what they had to take care of one another. And isn't that what Jesus says about his church? John 13, 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. If you have love for one another. And Jesus is not just saying, if you say you love one another. Right, because... Love for Jesus wasn't just a word. Love was an action. It was a verb, right? Love produces, love does, love shows. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will have love for one another. You'll take care of one another. You'll look out for one another. You'll have one another's back. You'll share to take care of one another. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2, Paul says it like this, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. In that also what, Paul, uh, what Jesus said? A new commandment I give you. A new commandment. And this was the commandment that you love one another. How do you love one another? By bearing one another's burdens. By sharing what with one another. Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Our Revelation class knows that we can see the day is drawing near. How much more should we be getting together to love one another, encourage one another, to keep one another motivated? As we go through times of persecution, 
times of trial, times of social pressure, trying to get us to turn away from walking with the Lord. Yet more and more churches are finding ways to cut out the times that they meet together. A growing church has a common concern for one another. They have a common concern for one another. They look to one another with love and compassion. and They want to be involved in one another's lives. Oh, dear friend, if you're, if you're a member here and you're not involved in a, a life group, then let me encourage you, get involved in a life group. If you're not a member here, if you're not yet, if you're, you're just thinking about it, hey, come, get involved in a life group. I've said it before, if you're not involved in a life group, you're not involved in church because that's where the body is the body. You see, it's in life groups that we get together and we, that's a smaller group and we can talk about our cares and our concerns, what we're going through. We can share those things. We can bear one another's burdens. We can pray for one another. We can help one another out when times get hard, whether it be financial, uh, financial concerns or spiritual concerns or, or whatever the case may be. Man, get involved in a life group. Get involved in a life group. Get involved in the lives of fellow church members. And give and receive the love of Christ in the fellowship. Well, not only must we share a common concern for one another, but we also see here this means that we, must share, we share a common investment in one another. There's also a common investment in one another. And we see this in our text, but we also see it throughout Scripture as well. But, but first, let's look at our text again. Notice what he says here. And they were together. Uh, the, those who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing to the proceeds to all as any had need. Right? They, they were investing in one another. You know, here's the thing, as Christians, as we experience God's generosity, as we experience His generosity by experiencing His grace, like God freely gave His only Son so that we might have eternal life in Him. As we experience God's generous grace towards us, oh, how that inspires in us inflames in us a, de a desire to be generous it causes us to want to to give as god gives to us it, it, he makes us want to give to others to be generous to others and we see that not only in this text but also throughout the rest of, of the new testament Romans chapter 15, verse 26, for example. Paul says, For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution, some koinonia, that same word there for the fellowship, 
Here we see it. And again, they were pleased to make some koinonia for the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. In other words, Paul was taking up a collection because the Jews there in Jerusalem, the, the Christians there in Jerusalem were going under a famine. They were in a famine and they didn't have, they, they needed. And so the other churches, the churches that Paul had planted, they were all making this collection, taking up this collection to send it to other Christians, another church who had a need. They were participating. They were investing in the koinonia. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 5. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of our God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, now listen to this, this church of Macedonia, for in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part, for they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means, of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part for koinonia and the relief of the saints and this not as we expected but they gave themselves first to the lord and then by the will of god to us even though this church was in experiencing extreme poverty they were giving out of their poverty to invest in the the fellowship to invest in people who had a need, other Christians who had a dire need. So the growing church shares in the common investment in one another. Therefore, as we think about this, how do we invest in one another? How do we make this common investment in one another? Well, of course, there is the tithe. Yes, it's the tithe. Giving 10% of what God has blessed you with God, God, he says, you keep 90%. You just return to me 10% for the work of the ministry. And, and it's in the tithe, that's where the church pools together our resources to help fund the ministry of the church, which also includes funding, funding ministries in the church, benevolence, when we see needs arise in the church. Sometimes we're able to say, all right, well, here's our benevolence fund. That's part of our church budget, and, and we just meet that need that arises. The ministry activities of the church, whether it be in-reach or outreach, all of that is funded through the tithe. So invest in one another by giving to the tithe. And, of course, giving to love offering for Jesus. As we give to that ministry, that, all that money goes outside of the church to missions, to other churches and church plants and missionaries and other ministries that we have we've seen that are of, of eternal value and we've invested in them. So give to the love offering for Jesus above and beyond the tithe. But then, of course, as needs arise, then we may call for a love offering and and you can give to that as the Lord wills, as the Lord has provided for you. Give to that. And that helps us love one another. 
bearing one another helps us to bear one another's burdens as those burdens arise so invest in the fellowship and we also see that this is this means a common sharing in the ministry right investing in the 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 koinonia the fellowship being devoted to the fellowship means a common sharing in the ministry of the church now we don't see that so much here in our text here in acts but we see it in other places within scripture for example philippians chapter 1 verses 3 through 5 paul says i thank my god and all my remembrance of you church Always in every prayer of mine for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership, your koinonia in the gospel from the first day until now. You see the Philippian church, they were invested. They were participating in Paul's ministry. In the ministry of the church, the ministry of the gospel. From their very the first day of their conception they were participating in the gospel ministry furthermore in ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 through 16 paul says again and he gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the shepherds the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ from whom the whole body here we go with that body imagery again from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love You see, if we're going to be a healthy church, if we're going to be a growing church, then we have to be devoted. And each member must be devoted to the common ministry of the church for participating in the common ministry of the church. It's like that human body imagery again. Like the the hand can't function so well if the fingers are missing. A hand can't do its job without the arms there. And so it is within the church. God has equipped every member of the church with spiritual gifts. And those spiritual gifts are, are to be used together in conjunction with the other members of the body. And so, dear friend, when you're not here as a member of First Bastrop, when you're not here using your gifts for the building up of the church, guess what? The body's not healthy. 
The body's not functioning at full capacity. The body's limping around. The body is hurting. The body is sick. We need you here. We need you here. We need you here in place using your gifts for the building up of the whole body. Share in the work of the ministry. Dear Christians, share in the work of the ministry. Use your gifts, use your talents for the work of the ministry. Furthermore, participate in the ministry. Participate in the ministry. Show up and show out. Be present. Be present. Just you being here adds to the ministry of the church. Like, just think about this. Think about this. This is a really big sanctuary. And when members don't show up, it looks empty. And when people come into the doors and they see an empty sanctuary, they think, well, not much is going on here. Let's go to this other church. Just your presence adds to, to, to the, the beauty of the church. Just being here makes the, the church more inviting, more attractive. But not only that, being here, not just being here, but also participating. Be present, but also be active. Participate. Use your, your gifts and talents. Participate in, in the, the, the special days that we have. Participate. Don't just drift. Don't just be an empty body in a pew, but participate in the life of the church. For example, we have Harvest Sunday coming up. Next Sunday, we've got evangelists coming in. We're going to call it Harvest Sunday. And he's going to be here. He's going to give a, an evangelistic message. God has called him to be an evangelist, so he's going to give an evangelistic message. So, one, you be here. Right? We need all of our members here participating, being a part of that. But don't just show up and fight someone. Right? The whole purpose here is not to have an evangelist here to preach to a, a, a church of believers. The point of having an evangelist is to have evangelists here to preach to lost. So, hey, church, go out and find some lost. Go to the highways and the hedges. Invite people to come in. Invite the lost to come in. Beg them to come with you. Be active. And don't think, well, he'll do it. Don't think, well, that's the preacher's job is to get the lost here. I'll just show up. No. I can only talk to so many people in a week. But how many can all of us speak to? Invite someone. Get them here to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ so that maybe, maybe, maybe God will turn their hearts to Jesus. And instead of going to hell, they'll go to heaven. When we have a high attendance Sunday, 
show up and bring someone. I'm just going to be honest. In the seven years I've been here, I might get in trouble. In the seven years I've been here, I have tried high attendance Sunday at least five of those seven years. One year was COVID. There was no chance in doing a high attendance Sunday during COVID. And I think one year I just got frustrated and just didn't even try. But, you know, we've had invite everyone invite one, and we've had everybody back to church, national back to church Sunday, and we've tried high attendance. I mean, that was the goal. But you notice we never had a celebration. You know why? Because for some reason, when I said high attendance, apparently people thought we meant low attendance. Because instead of having high attendance, we had record low attendance almost every time. Participate! I mean, really, we can't even get our own members here on high attendance Sunday. That's lack of devotion. That's lack of commitment. When our own members won't come, when the church says, let's have a high attendance Sunday. And members won't even show up. Participate. You want to see this church grow? You've got to participate. And not just show up and be a lump on a log, but go out and do the work of the ministry. Get involved. Get excited about what God is doing. Push. Tell people about Christ. Get them here. Because let me tell you, if you're waiting for me to fill this sanctuary, I'm not going to be able to do it. It's going to take each and every one of us pulling our weight, doing what God has called us to do. If we want to turn things around, if we want first Bastrop to turn around and instead of being a dying church and closing our doors in five years and become a growing church, then every member must be devoted to the fellowship. Using your gifts and talents. Using your mouth, your hands, your feet to go out and beat the bushes. To share the love of Jesus Christ and at least get them in the doors so that they might hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and come to faith. A growing church is devoted to the health and welfare of the church fellowship. When each member is devoted to the health and welfare of the church fellowship, 
It fuels the proclamation of the gospel. Listen to Acts chapter 4, verse 32 through 33. This is only over a couple of pages there. Acts 4, chapter 32 through 33. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said that any of the, the things that belonged to him was his own. But they had everything in common. And with great power. The apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. You know, when the church lives out the gospel that they preach, the world takes notice of that. The world takes notice of that when we we see us living out what we say we believe. The world takes notice of that. It becomes attractive. It draws them to Christ. It adds power to the words of the gospel when Christ's church lives out the gospel and their love for one another. Oh, church, let's get devoted to the fellowship let's get devoted to the fellowship so we might see God turn things around and be delighted to make First Bastrop a growing church Heavenly Father we thank you for the fellowship For the fellowship only exists because of your grace and your mercy in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Oh, Father, give us a desire. Give us a burning desire to love one another, to invest in one another, to encourage one another, to build one another up. Help us, Lord, to devote ourselves to the fellowship of the church so that the world might see our love for one another and be drawn to your love for the lost. And Lord, if there's any today who've never trusted in Jesus, oh Lord, let them turn from their sins and join the fellowship in Christ by receiving your saving grace in Him. These things I pray in Christ's name. Amen.